In this episode, I'm joined by Lydia, the founder and CEO of Visible, who uh, talks about her journey of creating a company, uh, moving over from uh, Poland into Bristol, studying, uh, change of career, and then moving all the way over to Cyprus and creating a life that is for her. I really feel that she broke the mold in setting a life uh, that she wanted and now is uh, expanding that to her clients and customers. Take a listen. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment. Hey everyone, welcome back to Mindset Explosion. Yes, we're on season four, episode 21. And to this evening, it's round two. Uh, Lydia's back, founder of Visible. So thank you, Lydia, all the way from Cyprus uh, for this yeah. episode. Uh, I spoke to you a few years back, and I do, I've got to apologize uh, live on the, on the podcast, the YouTube, yeah. anyone's listening, uh, that my sound was so bad last time. So I'm so glad that you asked to come back on because I felt awful. But your bit was fine. <laughs> so <laughs> it sounds all good for this one. Um, I've just had a real good catch up. And it's just so inspiring. So um, if you're watching this or listening, don't forget to subscribe. Uh, Liddy's going to drop some great content as we go through this episode. But a great inspirational story. But very briefly, uh, Lydia, just tell everyone a little bit more about yourself, what you do, and why we're here. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Matt. It's a pleasure to be a guest on your podcast again. And completely not a problem about the previous one. Uh, <laughs> Maybe it's good because you've invited me again two years later and now I have even more of a story to tell. So I think it, it all worked out really. Um, well, my name is Lydia and I'm the founder and creative director of Visual, which is a digital brand agency with clients all around the world. Um, why did I create Visual? Well, I have realized that creating a successful digital business was difficult for many. Um, People usually lacked strategic insight, creative talent, or technical know-how to really have a really good online presence. So I have created an agency that helps forward-thinking leaders make right choices when navigating digital space. Visible creates iconic brands, impactful websites, and ingenious online systems. Essentially, we help our clients elevate their digital presence, automate their processes, develop new income streams, scale revenues, and digitally transform their business so that they can keep it running no matter what and no matter where from. And this last bit is really important, especially in the world that we are living right now. So this is something that I feel very strongly about, and I'm sure Matt will ask me about my uh, laptop lifestyle and, and um, location independence that we've just been chatting, chatting about yeah well definitely we are gonna dive in and find out a bit more <laughs> yeah um obviously the episode i call this is freedom passion and growth and i you know i've stole this from your website yes um, but i thought it was perfect for what you've done and the whole story your journey to get to where you are now and i think the fact that what you're selling you're actually living <laughs> living it as well really and and i think you've, you've just done such a great job and I want to talk about some of the challenges along the way and you know how we got to you know where you got to as well but i think they're quite important as in well you said offline so you studied in bristol is that right yes so just kind of uh quick stop on the freedom passion growth so those are my values that i have embedded into my company freedom is all about 
living and working from anywhere. Passion is that passion for what you do and passion for who you're working with. And growth is I wanted to have a company that will give me opportunities to always grow and always learn and just keep moving forward. So now all the way back to uh, my study <laughs> student years. So yes, I have studied at UWE uh, in Bristol. I'm a graduate of media and cultural studies course with a focus in photography. So uh, I have been studying that and I was hoping to become a photographer at the end of the course. And I thought that I will just be able to find a job once I graduated with first class degree where all my tutors were saying, oh, if you have a first class degree, everyone will want to hire you. Not true. I have been really struggling. Well, first of all, I realized that photography, not really a job. You have to create yourself. If you want to be a photographer, you have to you have to create your brand, your personal brand. Uh, look at me now, I became became a brand expert uh, off the back of that. But yes, yeah, so I never managed to really find uh, a proper job as a photographer. I have been struggling for about a year, a year and a half. I have been working part-time for a variety of studios in Bristol. Um, it's been a hard work. It's been doing eight photo shoots uh, in a day. Uh, it's, been, it's been really hard. Uh, those were also jobs that were not that sustainable they were kind of part times few few days here and there so it was quite difficult for me this one one year and a half i think that i've been trying to figure myself out as a photographer was a bit difficult so i eventually uh have ask a, a photographer friend of mine to do me a photo shoot i had an idea of presenting myself as this kind of expert photographer who, an expert with a camera who can use the camera to create you, to create your identity using using my, my tool. And I've also built myself a website using Squarespace. And I started promoting myself on LinkedIn. So I started connecting with lots of people in Bristol and sharing kind of knowledge and tips on photography, on how to look good at the front of the camera, but also on visual marketing. So how to promote yourself as a personal brand uh, visually through photos. And somehow it really picked up. It was back in 2015. So at the time, it's not that I've invented photography, but I don't think that many small business owners and freelancers were using photography uh, to promote themselves. It was all about logos, quite clunky websites, uh, nothing very, very visual. The visual marketing was really just kind of picking up. It was a trend coming from the US, like everything. So this is kind of where my role models were and who I was kind of um, seeing as um, yeah, role models, I guess. So I've I've just been kind of uh, bringing those ideas to the UK, promoting myself um, um, as as a, as a brand expert and a photographer. And suddenly, before I knew it, I had lots of, especially female entrepreneurs, coming to me saying, "Lydia, who built your website? It's really cool. We really love how the website really presents you as you. Like we have a feeling like we already know you." And I was like, well, I've done it myself. And before I knew it, not only I was fully booked for brand photo shoots, I was also fully booked for the websites. And I needed to be learning how to actually build websites for others. Because even though I've studied a bit of um, web design at the university, it wasn't very applied. It was more like kind of artistic. It was expressing some ideas about everyday life 
through means of photography and kind of uh, digital. So that's pretty much what I've done at the university. But yeah, uh, this kind of online activity got me to start thinking, hmm, maybe there is really a business idea in there. It was something a little bit different. It was really me because I really understood images. I could communicate the personality of a brand, of a person through the images, and I could really communicate the brand story behind it. Um, yeah, so I think that's kind of where it started. And then just kind of gone really quickly. Within four months, I was fully booked. I couldn't keep up with the demand. There was, I think I was doing three or four photo shoots a week. Uh, everybody in Bristol suddenly knew me. Uh, when someone mentioned brand photo shoot on Facebook, I was the person that's been tagged uh, constantly by everyone. So yeah, I felt like I was low famous <laughs> for what I was doing at the time. No, that's brilliant. Now, we've had a question that's uh, coming on LinkedIn from uh, Jeanette Linfoot. Now, Jeanette's got her own podcast, and actually, Jeanette, if I hope you're still watching, uh, literally a great guest for your Brave and Bold uh, podcast. Um, anyway, so Jeanette's asked, what was the, you might have just answered it a little bit, but what was the biggest factor in Lydia finding you, well, what was the biggest factor in you finding yourself as a, a photographer? I think, um, I felt like I had something a little bit different to offer because again, everyone was offering just kind of a little bit boring corporate headshots, mm -hmm. uh, nothing very personable. Whilst I had this artistic approach, which I learned at the university. So at the university, they taught us how to, um, how to co communicate uh, messages and how to communicate ideas through photos. And I guess I've been bringing that into my photos. So I would have what I called at the time a clarity a session with my clients and I would ask them who they are, how they want to be projected, what sort of image they want to project. And then based on their answers, I would then choreograph the whole photo shoot. So I would uh, think about locations that would help them communicate who they are. And I would think about props and I would think about outfits. Uh, at some point I started collaborating with stylists who then also helped me bring that uh, client's image to life uh, in the photograph. So I would then photograph them um, projecting the image of the person they wanted to be. And I started getting feedback that actually for the photo shoot, through them kind of performing that role, some people maybe for the first time they wanted to be a coach, but maybe they had a little bit of an imposter syndrome. They would play out that coaching session with a pretended client. And at the end, it's almost like they said, I felt that through that photo shoot, I was becoming that person. So that was really that transformation that I started to give to people. And I thought to myself, wow, this is nothing that I expected. I thought I will offer some personable photos and actually I'm helping people to really step into that role, step into the person that they want to be using the camera. So that was quite, quite mind blowing for me at the time. And then the websites came to that as well. Uh, yeah, so it was it was a lot to take on to just really understand, you know, the mindset behind how that was helping people to to get where they wanted to be and to see themselves as the person that they wanted to be. Yeah, no, and actually, as you're talking, it, it's it's coming back why why I yeah, first invited yeah. you on a few years back actually, and I remember looking at yeah. some of the the, the work you've done. So we were on, uh, you know, in the fearless business for business with. 
you know, Robin Waite, um, which is fantastic. So it brought so many people together and we got, we all got so much out of it. Um, yeah, but this new talk there is, I remember now, yeah. <laughs> everything you said and, and looking, and, and actually looking at some of the, the work you have done. Um, so it, it sounds like your freedom and the way you've grown has, has evolved so much. And do you think, like going back to that initial challenge, right? I've got my degree. What on earth do I do now? Did it? Was it right? I, I, you were just determined that I know how it works because some things, things just happen. It's like, oh, actually, I'm going to do that. I'm going to. You, you learn as you go, and you find that your path really does evolve. But was there something that was like, uh, you know, there was that uh, end goal? I'm, I'm working towards this, but it just has evolved. If that makes sense. Well, um, kind of reflecting back on what I was doing before my university. So before my studies in the UK, I actually studied in Poland and I studied hotel management um, and hospitality. So I came to the UK initially for uh, a placement uh, in one of those uh, country house hotels. And very quickly, I realized that I actually really hate it. <laughs> <laughs> it just wasn't completely wasn't for me. Long hours, running around all day long, working every evening, every weekend, not being able to go and see my family for Christmas, for Easter. Those were big kind of times of family get-togethers. And I think that's where that longing for location independence came from, that, that first value of freedom because I was feeling so trapped. I, at the time where the families were getting together for Christmas, I had to stay there because we had to keep operating um, the service for them. So um, I think that's when I developed my first value of I really want to be doing something that is location um, independent. And then once I've graduated, I think what was really pushing me forward was I don't want to go back to doing what I was doing before because I just did, yeah, I just really didn't feel that this was something I want to continue doing. So that was really propelling me forward on the journey of I have to make it. There is just no way of not making it because, yeah, there, there just wasn't any other option. So I just knew I have to keep on going. Uh, yeah. That's so interesting to hear, though, because it's almost like I can see, as you're saying that as well, you can almost see where that mindset shifts happen. So, yeah, it's a big thing to emigrate to another country. I, I mean, I don't know. Could you speak English when you came here or was it you, you learned when you were here? Or? That's a good question. Well, I thought that I could speak English. <laughs> <laughs> I've studied English since I was seven. So we started oh, wow. quite early in yeah. Poland. And we learn English all the way through the high school and the, sorry, the primary school, high school. And uh, I also learned it through my studies. And I thought that I was pretty good. Actually, my, we call them maturity exams, the equivalent of your A-levels or GCSEs, whichever one is the higher one, the kind of latest one when you become an adult in the UK. So I did that in English. So I thought that I was pretty good, but then... I came to UK and I think what was overwhelming was the accents. I couldn't yeah. actually understand what oh. people were saying. And because I couldn't understand what they were saying, it's almost like it was overwhelming and I couldn't really respond to them either, even though maybe I knew what I wanted to say. But I think it was intimidating because, um, yeah, everyone spoke so fast and everyone spoke so well. And I was just like, mm. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't really know. Well, it 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 took me a while, and I still don't think I'm absolutely perfect. I don't think uh, as a non-native speaker, you you will never be perfect. But uh, it's been it's been a long journey, and I think maybe after the first year, it became easier. But at the beginning, was yeah, it was quite hard. Yeah, your English is very good, I gotta say, but it's it's not important, like you said. It, it doesn't. Things don't always need to be perfect, do they? But I think really, you know, that that's quite a big step to come into any country, even if it's the same language. You know, I've, I've travelled, and that that's that's daunting. And I I was boring, Lily. I just went to English speaking places. <laughs> <laughs> well, right now I live in Cyprus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, it's Greek speaking. It also is English speaking. There is a big expat community. I don't speak Greek and well, I'm surviving. It would be good that I would speak Greek. My mother-in-law definitely wants, she's actually a Greek teacher. We had one class and I, and I gave up halfway through the alphabet. I was like, I just, <laughs> I just can't deal with this. So yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe I will learn Greek at some point, but in Cyprus you can you can survive with just English pretty well. So I'm doing okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but really, my, going back to that now, so what I was really getting at is you know making that, that change, you know, changing a lifestyle, coming over, and I guess that that was big for your mindset. But then I, I I can almost see where you did the hospitality, even though it wasn't for you. It do you feel like what you learned there is helped for your business because it's like it's like what you're doing is your hospitality is there the, the you know the service is there it's you know you're looking after people it seems like I well, i'm taking that for my work <laughs> my business well, that is a very good question actually and i think i'm bringing that five-star service to what we're doing our clients always comment on the quality of service and it's always great this is how i train my team as well we just love looking after our clients very well and i don't know i think you're right i wasn't maybe thinking about it before but actually i think you yeah i think you really kind of opened up something for me i think those <laughs> those years in hospitality that i've just been really struggling thinking mm, i want to do something creative this is really not kind of my personality type i think learning how to communicate with people and how to put people at ease how to talk to people that you don't know i think that's something that's really helpful because now i find it really easy to just jump on a call and be able to talk to anyone anywhere in the world um yeah so i think i think those years really helped i think years as a photographer really helped as well because as a photographer you're very much a communicator and you someone who has to not only direct but actually make people laugh put people at ease and just make sure that they have a really fantastic experience so i think this is something that i've brought not only to photography, but then also to an overall visual experience that we give to clients uh, right now through the web design and branding and everything. No, I 100% you can see it. I can see it, <laughs> definitely. Um, and so obviously when we when you first come on my podcast, um, I think it was two or three years ago, whenever it was, um, and you were literally just getting ready to move to Cyprus. Um, now, so you, you just settled in the UK, and now we're <laughs> off the house. Tell us a little bit more, because that, that must have been a challenge in itself. And again, it's like, oh, I'm doing this again. Your, your life had changed because, obviously, 
you met your fiance and that, that's the reason to go to Cyprus. But, you know, getting your head around family and the business and the direction you were going to go, how was that? Uh, yes, that was like, well, building the ship as you steer it through the storm. <laughs> That's probably like that. the best way to, to describe it. Well, uh, before we moved to Cyprus, it really, we've been planning it for three years before we actually moved. So my partner, he works in tech, uh, not very many jobs in tech in Cyprus. Uh, so in UK, he works in research. He researches cool stuff like AI and, 5G quite controversial. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, so he's been really trying for many years to to find uh, a career back um, in his country, but it was it was just difficult. And then eventually he managed to get an opportunity uh, for a two-year role in Cyprus, and I was just kind of. Well, I just figured myself out and my career kind of exploded. And then there he is telling me, okay, we will now move to Cyprus because I have this, I have this uh, position uh, at the university. So I was like, no, <laughs> we are not moving anywhere right now. This is like, I, I really need one year at least to just establish what I'm doing right now. Everything was a creative mess uh things were happening for me and i wasn't really ready to go so we took one year to for me to kind of wrap things up to move things online and also for him as well so so that's that so that's the that's the first step uh kind of one year and then we obviously throughout this one year, we've been going to Cyprus as well. So we did a part-time location independence, uh, living kind of across two countries for a year. So we would go to Cyprus for a month or two, and then would come back to the UK for three months. Uh, and we've been kind of trying to see how the life in Cyprus might be for us, making some contacts, making some friends. And we've decided that we really like it and it's would be great to actually move, but you know, coming for one month and moving everything completely, it's just a completely different story. So once we finally decided to move, I think it took, I don't know, six to three months or six months of planning, packing, organizing, moving everything. And at the same time, working really hard on moving everything online. So one, one thing that I needed to do was to let go of photography. And obviously I've been talking a lot about photography. I am a photographer. Uh, at the time I was identifying myself as a photographer and, and my career only just took off. So I really wasn't ready to, to let it go. Um, but I had to. So I could either kind of cling on to that photographer identity and be like, Lydia is the photographer. Uh, this is who she is. Maybe I had this crazy idea of being a jet-setting photographer. So setting up photo shoots in kind of cool locations all around the world and trying to get clients in there and then have, I don't know, five shoots in a row and then go back. But then I thought, this is really crazy, you know, like this just is going to be really exhausting. So it's not going to work. So I had to start building a team. So I started building a team, I think in 2018. Uh, at the time I was going through a business accelerator by NatWest. Um, 
I was also at Robin's Accelerator. I was, I was, I was everywhere. I, I was also uh, starting an MBA course at the time. So uh, I had my hands in fa far too many accelerators and far, far too many pies. Um, anyway, I'm uh, uh, <laughs> losing the plot a little bit. So um, I've been doing all of that. And the accelerator, the Natos Accelerator was really helping me to start thinking as a business leader. So stop thinking as a photographer and start thinking much bigger, bring the team on board, train the team, put the recruitment process in place, put um, kind of systems and processes in place in terms of how to train them and how they will be delivering uh, the product at the time. Mindset wise, I was completely not ready. I was just not ready to let go of creative control. I was just not ready of letting go of my creative identity. I just thought that it's only just happened for me and I'll be giving it away to someone else. And I was really missing the big picture because the big, the big picture really was to become uh, location independent and to become a business owner so that I can have that freedom, passion and growth. I can make my my decisions i can choose how i work where i work when i work and all that good stuff um i would say you know it's still a working progress uh we have uh we have moved to cyprus first year has been challenging obviously again in the new place um having to uh establish myself again build new circles build business network uh, it's been a challenge and within six months pandemic happened. So actually, and we were laughing in here. I said, I've been two years in Cyprus and I've been at home for one year and a half. So <laughs> it's been, it, it is what it is. I think that what I did, I really focused on work. So as before, I was really attending lots of networking events, uh, collaborating with people in person. A lot of people knew me in Bristol. I suddenly disappeared. I think everyone actually has forgotten me. I think if anyone watches this podcast, they will be wondering, oh my God, this guy, this girl still exists. <laughs> so I've disappeared from all the kind of brand building activities. I think I was maybe grieving the kind of leaving UK and leaving my old life behind. And I haven't yet figured out who am I going to be. So I think that first year has been quite challenging. Uh, but I think the second year, uh, I started to meet people here. Uh, there's a law business community in here. There is this group, uh, which they call themselves digital nomads. So I came across them. So those are expats living in Cyprus for various reasons, some for the sunshine, some for the taxes. So I don't know if you know that Cyprus is a tax haven. We have very low corporation tax, 12%. So there is a lot of people moving here because, uh, well, you don't have to pay so much tax. Um, and also it's a sunny place. There's, you know, great weather, lots of, lots of sunshine, sea everywhere, plenty of activities to do. Uh, anyway, I digress. Oh, no, no, <laughs> we're not jealous at all. <laughs> no, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. And no, it's, it, it's, it's good. I was just thinking, how can I get over there now? But I've, I've got three boys, so I can't, I can't go any pictures yet. They have to grow up a bit more. But no, I, I um, lost my train of thought a bit now. But actually, no, I remember, as, again, I remember when you were talking about this uh, and, and you, you mentioned it in the first podcast, you know, a few years back. 
And I, I remember then thinking, wow, that's just amazing. And it, it just sounds like, and we've kind of touched on it a little bit, you get this, I think it's great you and your fiance have managed to work this around because a lot of people, it, 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 it could have become quite a big problem. She's made it work. And I, I'm sure it wasn't easy. Of course, nothing, nothing good ever comes easy, which is the good news. I think it's admirable to both of you. And it's I just so lovely to hear that you, you've, you've made that work. And you've, and like you said, it, it is hard to let go of things, especially as business owners. I understand that. It's hard to say, hey, teach my class. Ah! <laughs> but it's, it is, you can still keep that, well, it, it gives you the freedom to expand and you still can have that passion for what you do. And of course, in, in your values, that's the, the way to really, really grow. Um, I think that one kind of, sorry to uh, kind of cut in. I think that one thing that was really key is again, mindset shift. So always going back to the mindset. Um, <laughs> I really had to make a mindset shift. So I've decided that the day that I'm moving to Cyprus, I will retire as a photographer. It's been a very difficult thing for me to do because a lot of people loved my photography and I loved that they love my photography, but it needed to be done. So uh, at the time I already hired two people. I had one designer and I had just hired someone to do uh, sales and marketing for me. and. I've decided I really mindset wise need to elevate myself to that creative director position. And I think I was on an internship at my own company doing that. I think that that first year uh, I was a really bad manager or director. Uh. I think I just moved to Cyprus and I started feeling that freedom and I took a lot of time off. I think that was the first time in my life I had my company for five years, I think, until then. And that was the first time that I actually started taking time off because you know how it is. Once you start uh, a business, you basically work all the hours that exist during the weekdays and during the weekends. So I got here and I realized, oh my God, I'm so tired. And yeah, I've taken some time off. But at the same time, we've been really growing. So we started growing internationally. We tapped into some sources of uh, getting uh, international clients and we've been really growing so there is me kind of thinking oh my god i need a break and <laughs> and there is my team bringing in those clients from everywhere so we started working with people in california all over europe australia everywhere and i've realized oh my god i can't actually really take time off we need to start building that ship as i said before so we started building an online system. Then we've realized, oh my God, we need to actually make it work for different time zones. Then uh, once the money started to come in, we're like, oh my God, we don't actually have systems to uh, take payments in dollars. How are we gonna do it? The Americans, they can't just transfer to the UK bank account. So we needed to figure that out. Some of those things were um, Robin's accelerator was really helpful. He's just so great digitally. So I remember just asking Robin, I'm like, oh my God, we have all this uh, money coming in. How can we how can we figure out so that we don't pay so many so many fees for different providers? So he's really helped me figure out some systems behind that. So that was really good. Uh, but yeah, I feel like I really has gone have gone through such a mindset transformation from that creative doer of doing the doing 
because that's what I was feeling proud as a creative. When you kind of create your business, you feel proud of your work. So I thought, well, but what if I don't do any of that work if I'm just managing? And I was almost like resenting that manager position because I didn't feel that this was who I was. Throughout my kind of journey and thinking about it and doing the MBA and doing actually lots of internal work uh, in the MBA degree, we had the HR module, but we also had a coaching and mentoring module and a psychology module. So we've been learning how to actually behave, think, uh, and act as a leader. And I've realized that actually, yes, who I am, I'm a leader of that company. And the thing that I should start feeling proud of is not just the work that I'm no longer doing. It's actually uh, the work that the company does and the company that I've created and how people talk about it. And, you know, it comes down to that customer service that we've been discussing before. We have so many clients, um, uh saying that they love how the team is treating them how the project went but also they love the creative work that we produce so i've realized okay so my role now is making sure that everything really is working very well and that the clients are happy so i came up with this law motto um happy team happy clients and delivering greatness and this is really what kind of drives my decisions now so happy clients is all about making sure that the team keeps the client clients happy happy team this is really my job to keep my team happy uh and then delivering greatness this comes back to our creative work so we are the type of company that we want to feel proud about the work that we do we don't just want to do some websites we want to make the greatest websites so we're always looking into trends uh, innovations, uh, any new kind of creative ways of making our website stand out. This is what we are focusing on. So, and this is what is making me feel proud right now. So I think mindset wise, it's still a journey, but I think I, I am much closer uh, now than I was, you know, the two years ago when I was moving and thinking that I'm losing everything and clinging onto my camera and wanting to take pictures. A lot of people don't understand why I actually retired as a photographer because they genuinely did love the photography and they're like, Lydia, oh my God, how can you, you know, not take photos? We don't believe. But I think, yeah, what we spoke about today, there were so many deeper reasons for me to do that. And right now, everything we deliver is digital. So we have services from branding, through copywriting, to web design. And most recently, we've launched a whole range of digital systems. And that is very much propelled by the pandemic and by the need for the businesses to go digital. So when the pandemic happened in March, uh, and I mentioned that to, to you at the beginning as well, we've seen a low dip in sales, just like the business kind of exploded when we started moving online, then the pandemic happened and suddenly for two weeks, we didn't have any bookings and we were go going, oh, wow, I just hired another person. So there were four of us and I was thinking, oh my God, what is going on? I don't think anyone knew what's going on and that's why people were not buying. And two weeks later, we they, everyone got back with double or triple power and people, not only wanted websites we started getting inquiries for all those online platforms so online creating an online revenue through 
um, video content, creating online revenue through mixed content like um, audio, video, blogs, this kind of things, how to deliver fitness classes online, how to how to how to launch a podcast, how to do all those digital things. And we've realized, okay, building websites is no longer enough and building great websites, beautifully branded websites, which was our competitive advantage at the time was no longer enough. Suddenly everyone needed that fully remote business. And that's when really that seed was planted in my head. And I thought, wow, but I've actually just done it six months before the pandemic. I have just done it. And once all the business owners were struggling and, you know, the businesses were sinking really literally overnight, we've, we just kept running. And I was like, oh, my God, did, did I, you know, just predict that and i don't know it was just such a lucky coincidence i think for me i mean it wasn't a coincidence because i have planned my move for for three years before but i think mm -hmm. the timing was right and you know what they say for you know for launching a business the timing needs to be right so there needs to be a demand there needs to be someone interested you need to be solving a problem but you also have to be solving that problem at the right time and once the pandemic hit, I thought, oh my God, we have to be moving that direction. So that's where we went. So we have launched a big range of um, add-ons to our websites that allow you to build a new income stream, which is location independent. And that introduction that I was doing at the beginning, uh, that I said that we help people keep their businesses running no matter what and no matter where from, it really just comes, comes kind of down to to that new range that we've launched. Uh, it is no longer, you know, like having a website is no longer enough. You have to have a backup plan when you're, you know, we don't know whether another lockdown will happen. It might be happening in two weeks, God knows. Uh, hopefully yeah. not, but you know, like you, you have to be ready. So you can't just have an in-person physical business anymore. And you have to be very flexible and agile and you have to be switching between the physical and online business. For us, we're very lucky. We now purely digital. Thank God I was able to let go of my photographer identity and become fully digital. But I have, I have clients, for example, in fitness who are fitness trainers. So they normally work at the gym and they deliver their sessions in person. And the last year I have shown it was on and off. So... Uh, uh, for one of the clients that was the first person that we've built, we've built an online gym. So basically it was online classes. She, she's able to charge, I don't know, five, uh, five pounds or seven pounds per class. People can just pay it online. It's on demand whenever they want to. And then it's all delivered through Zoom uh, and all the kind of uh, payments and link sending happens through automations. We then also built a few different things. So this is, I think... Where we're focusing right now, we're focusing obviously on on creating beautiful banden website, but this is not the key anymore. The key is building that back end of the business and making sure that it's digital, so that uh, if the lockdown happens, no. it, you are no longer as affected as you were before. No, that's brilliant, Lydia. And, and do you know what? I, I know there's a few people watching and who will be listening on the podcast. That that is just going to be so important you know valuable for them so please get in touch with Lido. i'm going to drop a link in in just a sec exactly uh, 
I was gonna say I think that's the right time to now share yeah, the guide. So I will just say a few words about the guide. So I think inspired by our own digital success, if you can call it like this, or maybe digital luck at the right time. Uh, me and I, my team have just published. It actually just launched on Friday and it's available on our website, but also Matt has a direct link, which he is sharing right now. So it's a handbook uh, that gives people an insight into 12 systems that we use to run our virtual company uh, across the globe. So we're sharing tools like the best platform to make a website, the best platform to make an e-commerce website, the best platform to launch a membership, the best platform to launch a video subscriptions, subscription service, the best platform to communicate with your team remotely, uh, so on, so on. So I think the guide is really good, hopefully. Uh, hopefully people will like it. Uh, we have poured our hearts into it and we're very excited to start talking about it more. And yeah, I think this is a very exciting direction for us to go towards now. No, brilliant. Uh, it's only gone on my page for some reason. So what I'll do after the live, I will um, edit the copy for LinkedIn and my profile. And if you watch on YouTube, it'll be in there and listening on the podcast, the link will be within the the, the copy um, or the description. Um, just before we finish up, Lydia, I, I, I kind of, yeah. again, I don't, I don't think you stopped being a photographer really, because um, mm -hmm. clearly you're the visionary within your company. Clearly, yeah. that, and I, and as we've talked this evening, we've we've talked about you know the, your time in hospitality and how that has benefited you and the, the challenges that you've overcome, and 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 really, it, it is kind of like you had you've had this vision, and you've created your own photograph in your head with it. <laughs> yeah, skill set has now gone on to you know create all these different things, and and, and I think it's it's probably one of the things it, I didn't even think about it till listening to what you were saying, really. And it's you know how we create a picture in our head, and it, it may not ever be exactly how, but I think once it's there and we, we believe in it and, it and it gets that momentum, and there's there are times when we'll have doubts. Um, which I'm sure I have my doubts about stuff I do sometimes. And that little imposter, whatever, it just it's just there, the little gremlin on my shoulder saying, are you sure? We all got it. Oh, <laughs> through that, every business startup owner and entrepreneur, it's there. But we just, uh, for me personally, it's like, right, that's my vision. That's what, I, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing it. I know exactly what I'm doing. Sometimes yeah. I have to shut out whatever any and like even the smallest negativity from anyone else and sometimes i keep my mouth shut because i don't want it just in case um but yeah it just sounds like you know that you're the visionary for what you're doing and um i know it's hard to step back and and, and let go of stuff but it's still there that that skill set how do you feel about that do, do you does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, so actually, uh, one powerful tool that I use for visualizing all my ideas is an actual Pinterest vision board. I do it for everything. And uh, so I've done it for my company. Well, I've done it for my lifestyle to begin with when before I actually even made it as a photographer. I went on Pinterest and I started pinning images of how my lifestyle is going to be. And I would pin uh, Greek islands, 
walking around with the camera, working with some cool people, photographing them, what I'm going to wear, how I'm going to look. So it almost like it helped me become that person because I was visualizing it. I was really thinking visually from my head. So then uh, that whole concept I brought into Visual. This is how we start every single project up until today. We have an exercise. We send our clients to Pinterest and we ask them to visualize how they want their brand to look and feel like. And then they have a call right now with one of our designers and the designer goes over this, have a discussion with them. And then we, we create a much more focused, smaller kind of brand vibe uh, board with a color palette. But, and some people, you know, they think it's silly. They think it's funny. Oh, Lydia, I have vision boards, but actually I totally, truly believe in it, in, in it. I just actually bought an apartment and I have, a, a, a mood board for every single space in my apartment. And my partner was laughing, oh my God, what are you doing? Why are you on Pinterest all day long? We just have to go and buy furniture. No, I have visualized every single space. And even though I'm not an interior designer, I have somehow managed to design a really cool interior space. I didn't use any programs, so it wasn't the kind of interior designs yeah. visualizations. It was very much just five to seven images of things that I'm going to have in each space and colors that I'm going uh, to use and maybe materials that that those um, furniture will be made of. And actually people come in here and they go, wow, this is such a cool style. You know, where did you buy this? Where did you buy that? Or who designed it? And I was like, well, I think I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> Just like they were asking me before who designed your website. This is it's kind of, you know, the same things happen. So I truly, really believe in that, in that, vision board concept and some people do it using magazines and you just stick things onto a piece of paper i personally i'm very digital so i do things digitally because then i can i can kind of edit it and change as as my vision grows i think yeah i think i'm just a vision person uh visual is a play of words is turning vision into visuals so i guess i'm just doing it over and over again i'm just leaving it <laughs> No, so does that mean you're going to be interior designing next? I don't think so. Maybe, maybe just advising for some clients, but uh, I, I don't have another business in the works just yet. I think <laughs> the one that I have is keeping me busy. We are now six, well, we seven with me, so it's a team of six, so that's quite busy. We have uh, four designers, we have marketing, and we have sales. And um, yeah, we are also everywhere. So we, I think, worked uh, up till now with over 500 clients everywhere in the world. Um, I would say we have probably 60 active projects right now in the agency. So we're obviously not working on all the 60 at the same time. The way it goes is we do the four designers doing a bit of work across maybe 10 projects this week, then this work goes for an approval to the clients and then next week we're working on the other ones. So it's that kind of circular um, way that we work in. But yeah, it's quite busy. So we, I, I don't think I have any plans of becoming an interior designer and luckily my flat is now finished. So that's good because I think I have this creative demon in my brain. And if the flat went before the flat was finished, I was feeling really anxious. It needed to be finished. And now I feel like it's that kind of creative uh, space that I wanted to have. And yeah, I can finally relax my brain. 
<laughs> Relax a little bit, I bet. Just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> so you've gone from Bristol to global. Yes, Bristol basically. to global. Yeah, yeah, mainly right now US. I think that's where majority of our clients uh, are. Lots yeah. of people in California and New York uh, doing cool things, bringing new cool ideas to life. But also we have lots of people in London those days as well. Uh, some people in California. We started working quite a bit in United Emirates as well. They like us for some reason. So they, they're doing some cool stuff to, uh, over there as well. So it's quite nice because it's, it, it's that window to the world. So even though like during the pandemic, I was at home for one year and a half. Actually, I knew what's going on with the pandemic in all the different countries. That's Every true. conversation obviously started with how is the lockdown in your country, you know? So, so it was, it was quite interesting. Yeah. And I think one thing that my team was saying is that we have been just so lucky because some of their friends, they were getting really depressed. They didn't see anyone for months. Uh, we were really busy seeing a lot of people every day and creating beautiful things for them as well. So yeah, it's been, it's been, I mean, I'm not saying that the pandemic was good. It's been really shit. I hated it. And I hope another lockdown is not coming back. But, you know, just going digital six months before the pandemic, I think it's been, yeah, it's been really, really lucky. So I feel very fortunate about that. And I was able to bring uh, a bunch of people with me who also love the location independence and we were able to help all these business owners who are really struggling, uh, you know, like the fitness industry was really hit very badly. Uh, we were able to bring many yoga people, many PTs online with their own virtual gyms. So it's been really rewarding to do that work and see these people actually thrive online. Even though fitness is so much better in person, I just started going to the gym again uh, last week. And it's really great to be able to actually, you know, just, just, just see people in person rather than just do things online. But I think once, you know, once we were in that situation, it's been really great to, to be able to do that. And I think a lot of, a lot of people build great fitness businesses online. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, it, it was important for people like yourself to, you know, yeah. be there in a, a position to be able to, you know, help you know, with, with, well, with the fitness industry, all the different industries that have, you know, got affected. So, yeah um well lydia we, we've talked longer than i anticipated but thank you so much so inspiring your story um i'm gonna have to get you back in another two years so we're from there. Uh, okay. i absolutely love seeing what you, you guys are up to in in cyprus it uh, it's just nice you, you know it's raining here and you, you know you always like a sunshine behind you <laughs> but I, I think it's a lovely story and it, it, it it's one where you know Curveballs got chucked, but you dealt with it and you built your life. It's like you broke the mold in what we were taught when we were younger at school, and this is this is how your life should be. And it's like it's almost like you're saying, "Nah, I'm not going to live it like that. I want to live it this way, and we'll play it by." And you've made your life to your rules, and I absolutely commend you for that. So thank you thank for sharing you. the story. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. 
uh i would love to come back in two years we can we can book a date and we, <laughs> we, we, we see if that uh, interior design business is going to come to life <laughs> uh no plans no plans at the moment i think i'm still staying digital uh but yeah it's been a pleasure thank you so much for having me um yeah no thank you lydia it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on um Thank you everyone for watching. Don't forget, if you're listening on the podcast or uh, any of the platforms, don't forget to subscribe. That way you get a notification of the next video or audio as and when it comes. And of course, if you want to find out more about uh, Lydia's great work, go and check out the, the link I've put in. Um, go and check that work out. Uh, you're going to love it. Um, or even it's just, I guess, if they're interested in finding out how they just, yeah, you kind of said it there, how do I live this lifestyle? Um, get in touch with Lydia for sure. Thank you. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you. Bye.